Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. What was the best gift that you received for Christmas this year? Can you think of one gift that was better than the others? For me, it's hard to pick just one because I got three green long sleeve shirts. How could I pick just one of those three from three different people? There are three different styles. The colors are slightly different, but they're all definitely green. So how could I pick just one of my long sleeve green shirts as my favorite? Now, I also, green was definitely the color this year because I got some green bags for Christmas. That's money for those of you who aren't as hip as I am. And I do want to thank you um, on behalf of myself and the rest of the staff for your very generous uh, Christmas gift to the staff here. We greatly appreciated that. Now, what is the best Christmas gift you have ever received? Is that easier or harder than just thinking about the best Christmas gift you got this year? For me, it's, it's easier because, you know, this was the only year I've had to pick between these green shirts. Um, in 2010, I got a Buster Posey jersey. And uh, it was particularly special because it was the year the Giants had won the World Series for the first time since moving to San Francisco. And my son, who was 15 at the time, really wanted to get me the jersey for Christmas, so he recruited his uncle, my brother, to go in on it with him, which meant my brother paid for most of it. Um, I still have it. It hangs in my closet. Someday I'll be able to wear it again. So what's the best gift you have ever given? The best gift you have ever given, I'll confess, I'll share mine. I'm not, um, I'm not a great gift giver. Robin can attest to it. I'm not that romantic. I'm thoughtful. Thoughtful. But I'm not a really good gift giver. And in 2020, I don't know if you remember it, there was a virus thing going around. And as Christmas was approaching, we thought that the virus was on its, you know, kind of a slowing down a little. And we could actually travel a little. If you rented a house, you could actually leave you know, your house and go to the rental house. So we'd rented a vacation home and in Santa Cruz, thinking after Christmas, the kids would come and we'd spend a week, still pretty much sequestered, but in Santa Cruz instead of at our house. And that seemed like a good idea until two weeks before Christmas when things spiked and Santa Cruz County decided they didn't want visitors. And uh, so we didn't go to Santa Cruz. You remember what that was like, right? Ringing any bells? Well, in anticipation of that trip away with all of us being together, I had worked with my daughter to, or to, or she picked, um, sweatsuits, a matching sweatsuits to commemorate our trip and our time in Santa Cruz. I'm not big on the matching pajamas people get at Christmas. If you love them, great. Robin kind of likes them. I'm not a matchy guy. I'm like... If, if Robin got a bunch of green shirts for Christmas, I'd have returned mine. <clears throat> but this was a compromise, and so we got these sweatsuits, um, <clears throat> and uh, we wore them as we did a, stayed a week at our house here in Sacramento, a little staycation. Um, and I think that was a pretty good gift. It surprised Robin, and, and I had help, so it worked. Now, as you think about the gifts that you have given and the gifts that you have received. Is it better to give a good gift or to receive a good 
gift. Is it better to give a good gift or receive a good gift? This morning we read about the wise men who came from the east to bring their gifts to the baby Jesus. And we read from Matthew's gospel because he's the only one who tells this story. Matthew doesn't tell us much about Jesus' birth. Um, He tells us actually hardly anything. But he's the only one to tell us about the Magi who came from the east. You see, Matthew was more concerned with not how Jesus was born, but who Jesus is. In fact, he is the first one to tell us that Jesus was born as king of the Jews. And the significance of Jesus' birth is demonstrated in Matthew by these men coming from the far east, hearing of Jesus' birth and coming to pay him homage, as well as by the fact that the reigning king was terrified of this baby. So we know there was something significant about that child who was born and laid in a manger because King Herod was afraid of him. In fact, he wanted to kill him. He was so afraid of him. Now the gifts that the wise men brought were very good gifts. When we talk about being a good gift givers, they were good gifts, they were expensive gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were all gifts that were befitting of a king which is why they brought them to Jesus. So the wise men's presence, they're showing up at the manger and their bringing of kingly gifts demonstrates that Jesus was in fact born as king. But I wonder, I wonder as they wandered, uh, if they didn't receive a greater gift than they gave. They traveled to see Jesus and they brought the best that they had to offer, but it paled in comparison to the gift of God's love, which they and we receive through the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. Which again poses the question, is it better to give a good gift or to receive a good gift? Noted theologian, Methodist pastor, Bishop and author William Willimon wrote about this very question in the Christian century in 1988. Does anybody have a copy of that article? I don't either. But it was republished 20 years later in an Advent devotional that I have on my bookshelf. And this Advent reflection is prefaced by a quote from the slain El Salvadoran Catholic Bishop Oscar Romero. And the quote at the beginning of this devotion reads, no one can celebrate a genuine Christmas without being truly poor. The self-sufficient, the proud, those who because they have everything look down on others, those who have not need even of God, for them there will be no Christmas. Only the poor, the hungry, those who need someone to come on their behalf will have that someone. That someone is God, Emmanuel, God with us. Without poverty of spirit, there can be no abundance of God. Romero and and subsequently Willimon suggest that contrary to our societal conditioning, 
Christmas is first and foremost about receiving. About receiving. And that's something, if we're honest with ourselves and others, something we're not very good at. Because we don't know how to receive without feeling beholden to the giver. We don't know how to receive without feeling like we need to repay the giver. A gift, especially an unexpected gift or an expensive gift or a thoughtful gift, in our mind necessitates a gift in return, something of equal expense, thoughtfulness. A gift can lay a claim upon us that makes us feel uncomfortable. Have you been there and opened a gift and not had something to give in return? Um, Yours will be here Thursday. (laughs) Little Amazon (laughs) mix-up. You know, I can't count on them. (laughs) It suggests that the power, that the giver has power over the receiver because they have given the receiver something that they needed and they couldn't get or provide for themselves. But isn't that what Christmas is really all about? Giving so that we can make others' holidays brighter? Brighter, we love Christmas because it brings out the best in us. It shows how generous we can be. Think of Dickens' Christmas Carol. You familiar with this story? Popular story. Even Ebenezer Scrooge's heart is softened. Why? So that he can give gifts at Christmas. So that he can be generous to other people. Williman suggests that the story of Scrooge's transformation has probably done more to shape our understanding or image of Christmas than the story of Jesus' birth told in the Gospel of Luke. Think about it. After all, it is Jesus who said himself, right? It is far more blessed to give than to receive. But the Christmas story that is told in the Gospels is not about how blessed it is to give. Instead, it is about how essential it is to see ourselves as receivers. We prefer to see ourselves as givers, as I've said, powerful, confident, self-sufficient, capable people whose goodness motivates us to use some of our power to give some of our riches to those who are less fortunate than ourselves. But doesn't that contradict the biblical account of the first Christmas where they were in great need themselves? For there we are portrayed not as the givers but as the receivers that we actually are. We, I just read it. The wise men bring gifts. Absolutely. But they do so in response to the gift that the world had already received in the Christ child. They came bearing gifts in response to the gift that the world had already received in the birth of Jesus. And they don't bring those gifts so that Joseph and Mary can use them to put a roof over that kid's head or pay for for private school. The gifts they brought were in response to who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish. The gifts were brought to demonstrate that he, in fact, is king. And as a king, he was born in a humble manger. You see, God gave us what we didn't even know that we needed. The people thought they needed a king, somebody to deliver them, somebody to deliver us. But a humble king, born in a manger? Who would have thought? 
That's often the way God loves us, isn't it? With gifts that we didn't know that we needed, which transform us into the people we didn't necessarily want to become. With our advanced degrees, material comforts, and self-fulfillment techniques, we assume that religion is about giving up a little of our power in order to confirm in ourselves that we are indeed as self-sufficient as we claim to be. We come prepared to give our good gifts to God because, of course, God would want them and need them. And yet God is the one who blesses us with the gift. And God calls us to see ourselves as we really are. God reveals who we really are. The empty-handed recipients of a gracious God who gave himself to us. This Christmas and every Christmas we celebrate the gift of the Christ child, God incarnate, and it is literally the gift that keeps on giving. And yet when we come, we forget to empty ourselves so that we might fully receive him. We forget to empty ourselves in order that we might receive the gift that has been given to each and every one of us. We come ready to bear gifts just like the wise men, hoping that someone and maybe even God will see how expensive and nice and thoughtful that they are, when instead we should be coming to receive the gift that has been offered to us. And then having received that gift, we share it in turn. This is not a gift that is intended to be hoarded. It is a gift that is intended to be shared. Not because we must, but because we, like the Magi and the shepherds and Mary and Joseph, have been changed by the birth of Jesus. And having been given a gift, we want others to receive that same gift of God's gracious, life-giving love. So my friends, may we come to the stable this epiphany, to receive the Christ child not because we are strong, but because we are weak. Not because we have any claim on the grace of God, but because in our frailty and sin we stand in constant need of God's mercy and help. Thanks be to God for coming, for coming to extend the gift of God's grace and love and hope and peace, and redemption, and everlasting life. This epiphany, may we receive the gift that has been revealed and given to us all through that child who was born and laid in a manger. Amen.